Well, hey there, everyone. Welcome on to VG Emporium, video game music and more. I'm your host slash proprietor of this fine establishment, Rage Cage, and here we are, episode 99, just one more away from 100. And uh, how am I how am I celebrating this? Um, wave tables. Yeah, and there is a reasoning for this. Uh, you know, I'll get there. But first, you know, episode 100 is just next week. You know, crazy, right? And I put out the call for customers, you listeners, to let me know what your favorite track is that's played on the show. And uh, yeah, I got quite a few. And actually, some messages as well that I'm really excited to share with you all because, it, you know, it made me feel nice, warm, and fuzzy. And also, just a lot of really awesome music to play. Um, but for those of you that have not sent in your pick at all, you know, maybe either you were just like, you know, not aware of the thing somehow, or you're just now starting to listen, I will take some very, very last minute, uh, you know, submissions, and hopefully I will try to get it into the episode. We'll see. And again, you can send it to vgemporium at gmail.com on any of the social medias, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, as well as on the Discord, which is linked in the show notes. So now today's topic for episode 99 is wavetable synthesis sound chips. And I know, I know it's not like maybe like the grandest thing to do for episode 99, but you know, for me, it's kind of important because uh, it's, Know, related to something that I've been getting into for the last few months, and, you know, it's pretty damn cool. Um, and what this is is the Button Masher Discord monthly chiptune compo, in which a sound chip is chosen or a poll is put out for the sound chip, and then a poll for the prompt, and then that is voted on by those that are going to be participating in the prompt. And then once the polls are closed, we have then a week to do our track, and then at the end of the week, everybody gets together and listens to everybody's tracks. And we all get to comment on it. Um, you know, those who have made the track that was just listened to gets to talk about, you know, what they were thinking, their process and everything. And uh, yeah, it's just really fun time. Uh, it's just so many awesome musicians that are here, like of so many different levels of like, you know, um, musicianship, of knowledge of how like the particular chips work. And then a good smattering of those that are familiar with making music, but are new to chiptune or are totally new to music and chiptune all together, and then you have dinguses like me that are just flailing about. But the most wonderful thing about it is that everybody is just so supportive and encouraging. And you know, Jake, uh, Button Masher, is such a gracious host. Um, he just encourages you. Like, he has this energy about him that just makes you want to do your best. And I mean it in a way that, like, you know, it's like just kind of drawing out your best, like your innate ability to just create amazing chiptune. And so now, getting into why Wavetable is the choice? Well, that's because that is this month's compo choice. Is uh, We have a poll for Wavetable chips. It looks like um, MSX SCC is winning, but the other choices are PC Engine, Wonderswan, and Virtual Boy. And hey, I thought, you know, it'd be really cool like to throw together an episode of just like examples of each of these sound chips, plus a couple extras, uh, just as, you know, inspiration for, my, for myself and hopefully others. Though I am unsure when this episode comes out, it'll be before the compo starts or halfway through it. But hey, you know, it's just an excuse to listen to some really good chiptune of the Wavetable variety. And so here we are. What is Wavetable? Well, here's a horribly synopsized version of it. Wavetable synthesis is where you have a waveform and you take a section of that waveform and use that to create a sound. But in the case of the sound chips I had mentioned earlier, uh, the waveforms that they're using are just single cycle, intended to have a very small amount of bits compared to like, you know, a full-on wavetable synthesizer. Still didn't prevent them from doing complex waveforms, but generally you would find things that are like variations of a square wave, sine, triangle, sawtooth, or combinations of these. But for those familiar with chiptune, limitation breeds some of the greatest creativity. So now as we get into these tracks and talking about these sound chips, I'm going to forewarn you that the information I have on these sound chips is a combination of what I have on top, off the top of my head, as well as uh, what I found online, just like, you know, really quick, as I'm talking about it. So I apologize if I get anything incorrect, I don't mean to misinform in any way. Alright, so here we go. The track we opened up with was Stage 7 from Adele King Grenzort, composed by Yamanuki Norihiko, and this was on the PC Engine, and what is the sound chip in the PC Engine? 
Why, that is the HUC6280, which is capable of six channels of wavetable output. But not only that, uh, the first channel can be used to create frequency modulation, but this disables the second channel. And then channels uh, four and five can be used to create white noise. And then I'm never, I'm not too clear on whether it's the, also the last two channels or any of the channels can be converted into a sample playback. So it's a pretty capable chip. And not on top of that, it's also the main CPU handling graphics and memory mapping. But we're here to talk about the sound. And, you know, as you could tell, sounds pretty dang great. You know, the melody tones are really nice and clean. That bass is really low and gurgly. And the percussion, which is also wavetable generated with assist from the noise mode, um, it's really nice and punchy, and I really like it when music and PC Engine games uh, opt for synthesized percussion as opposed to the sample channels because, uh, yeah, the, the sample playback on the PC Engine is, yeah, not the best. You know what else is not so great? This here game. But this is according to HG101. Um, you know, as far as, uh, you know, what they say, it does look great, and I'm looking at some screenshots, and it looks pretty cool. Um, I can attest to the music being really good having listened to it, but, um, yeah, they're saying it, the gameplay is not that great. It's kind of like a dumbed-down Keith Courage. Which doesn't mean much to me because I haven't played it. Maybe it means something to you. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, a licensed title. It's based off an anime. And, uh, we're, you know, a bunch of kids. Summon robots to fight. And that's about it, I guess. And before we move on, I, of course, have to talk about the composer, Yamanuki Norihiko. Which isn't really much because, as far as VGM goes, he only has two credits. This game and the seventh guest on the SNES. But outside of these two games, he has a pretty big career in, you know, being a sound engineer, composer, arranger, and multi-instrumentalist, you know, starting in the 80s. And he's worked largely in theater, movies, and TV, you know, creating orchestral soundtracks. And then at some point in the 90s, he moved to Singapore and focused heavily on ethnic music of India, Malay, Indonesia, and China. And then as far as I can find after this, he returned to Japan, composed music for theater, and then went on to take more of an educational role. So like, you know, doing educational program planning, managing director, and senior educator. And what? I'm not quite sure. But hey, he's still making music under the name Botsatsu Beat. Um, he has a band camp, a large amount of it is world music, and there's also a lot of arrangements he has done of his work on the Seventh Saga. I keep wanting to say the Seventh Guest. It's really hard not to. Alright, enough of my yammering. It's time to move on to the next track. So what I got here for you is Alien from Galactic Pinball, composed by Kenji Yamamoto and Masuru Tajima, and this is coming from The Virtual Boy.
And that was Alien from Galactic Pinball, composed by Kenji Yamamoto and Masuru Tojima. And this is from the Virtual Boy. And the chip used here is called the VSU, which is a custom sound chip developed by Nintendo specifically for the Virtual Boy. And yes, the Virtual Boy. Um, for most, it is considered a very terrible system, mostly because of the bulkiness and just the red, just all the shades of red that give you a horrible headache if you play it too long. But that all aside, the system's pretty damn impressive, and you want to know more, there's a Retronauts episode about the Virtual Boy as well as Jeremy Parrish's Virtual Boy works. But we're here to talk about the sound, and the sound chip itself is pretty neat. Um, it's called the VSU, or Virtual Sound Unit. Yeah, pretty creative, huh? And it is capable of five channels of wavetable generation, with a sixth channel that is noise generation. And there's one thing I've noticed, is that the, uh, waveforms tend to be at, like, a higher register, and has, like, this rounder sound to them, but maybe I'm just talking nonsense. And, you know, it's lacking some of the functionalities that the HUC6280 has, which, you know, like, that sample playback, and that weird pseudo-frequency modulation trick. But that doesn't mean it's lacking, it does have one neat little trick, and that is the fifth channel can do frequency sweep and a much less complex modulation because you know it's only using the one channel as opposed to using two now moving on I ask what do you think of this swanky little tune space swank you know personally I really enjoy the music that is on the majority of the virtual boy games there are a couple that are kind of yeah but for the most part really good stuff you know it's really well composed a lot of the tones are really nice and you know the virtual boys library is not big um, there's only 22 officially released games, 27 if you count the cancelled ones, and so far about two-thirds of this library has been ripped to VGM format and uploaded to VGM rips. And some of the standouts, for me at least, are this game, Galactic Pinball, Bound High, Tolero Boxer, uh, Jack Bros, and Panic Bomber. And here's one little interesting fact before we move on, is that, uh, there's a port of Waterworld to the Virtual Boy. Yes, Waterworld on the SNES was ported to the Virtual Boy. Um... And, you know, the, the SNES version has music that is considered really, really good. And the Virtual Boy version is not a one-to-one, -one, but it's still really, really cool sounding. Ah, and I almost forgot the composers. So, starting with Kenji Yamamoto, whose name may sound familiar to some because he is one of the main folks that has worked on the music for the Metroid series, starting with Super Metroid, all the way up to Metroid Dread and Prime Remastered. But, you know, he's been part of Nintendo Sound Team since 1987, there's that year again, with Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, followed by Famicom Wars and Famicom Tentai Club. And then skipping through his list, and I'm going to be skipping all the Metroid stuff because, like I said, he worked on all the Metroid games all the way up to Dread and Prime Remastered. So, we got Mario Kart Super Circuit, Brain H2, more training in minutes a day, Excite Truck, I Want to Be the Guy, the movie, the game, Excite Bike, World Rally, Photo Dojo, Donkey Kong Country Returns, Rhythm Heaven Fever, Tomodachi Life, Flower Town, Warrior's Way, Dr. Luigi, Smash Bros. for the Wii U, Mario Tennis Ultra Smash, Hey, Pikmin! And Sushi Striker, The Way of Sushido. And then, of course, his latest credit is Metroid Prime Remastered. Now, moving on to Masaru Tojima, his first credit is this game, Galactic Pinball, in 1995, and then would go on to work on Tetris Attack on the Game Boy, F-Zero Maximum Velocity, Mobile Golf, Pokemon Channel, and, you know, in between these, doing music for things on the Pokemon Mini. So we got Pokemon Party Mini, Pokemon Puzzle Collection, Pinball Mini, Zenny Card, Tetris, and Pichu Bros Mini. That's... That's something to look into. But moving right along, we got WarioWare Touched, Metroid Prime 3, Jam the Band, Fossil Fighters, Donkey Kong Country Returns, Quetzal's Corridor, Pokemon Art Academy, Style Savvy Fashion Forward, and his latest credit is Metroid Samus Returns, which is a remake of Metroid 2 on the Game Boy. So getting into our next track here, this is Frequency 140.85 Alert Mode Level 1 Part 1 from Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake, and this is done by the Konami Kukeha Club.
that was Frequency 140.85, Alert Mode Level 1 Part 1, from Metal Gear 2, Solid Snake, composed by the Konami Kukeha Club. And I'm gonna leave it at that because there are way too many composers on this particular soundtrack that, you know, I don't want to name them right now, and um, I could not uh, pinpoint exactly who had composed this particular track. Now, what's going on here? So the MSX has a bass sound chip that is the AY38910, which is a PSG sound chip, and it is capable of three channels of pulse, noise, or a combination of both. And it is what's actually generating the percussion that you hear in this track, as well as a little arpeggiation in the background. Um, but the main sound is coming from the chip that is known as the K051649, or SCC, which either stands for Sound Custom Chip or Sound Creative Chip. And it was developed by Konami in collaboration with Toshiba. And so what the SCC is, is another 5-channel wavetable synthesis sound chip. And unlike the two sound chips before, um, this doesn't really have any fancy tricks up its sleeves, other than maybe that it is capable of doing like some really smooth waveform switching? I don't know, but it does have an oddity here that uh, channels 4 and 5 share the same waveform. Though there was an improved form of the sound chip called the SEC Plus, where channels 4 and 5 can have different waveforms independent of each other, and it was only used in like a few games, so that being Snatcher, SD Snatcher, and some Konami collections. Now seeing as this sound chip was developed by Konami, it was only used in Konami games. Though I may be wrong about this, but um, yeah, the sound chip actually first saw its use in some of our Konami's arcade titles, before they decided to actually start implementing it with the, some of their MSX releases. Now I'd like to highlight some cool little things about this track here, is that you'll notice that for like the uh, chord that's going on here, the waveform kind of changes a little bit. I don't know if it's just because they add some vibrato or if they actually switch the waveform. And then towards the last half of the track, there's that arpeggiation going on where the waveform is, again, changing rapidly. Kind of like going from a sharper waveform to more of like a sine. And then back. Though the surprising thing about this track is that it, they're only using four of the channels. And, you know, that's two through five. And then, of course, the percussion and that little extra arpeggiation is being done by the AY chip. And that's all I really got to say about this track and this sound chip. Uh, you know, they're pretty cool. Um, and actually, uh, as of this recording, in the polls, it looks like the SEC is going to be the clear winner. So that's going to be fun to work with. And that should about wrap up the... Oh, wait, oh, what's that? Oh, the Konami Kukeha Club? Thems? Uh, you, you probably heard of them. You know, there's like a Konami Sound Team. Uh, very, like, just a whole group of folks constantly rotating. You know, you, you should probably go check them out. This is, a, this is some pretty good stuff. All right, now moving into our next track here. This is coming from another outlier. This is SS Stage from Buffer's Evolution, composed by Sasaki Junana, Hira, and Neon. And this is on the Wonderswan.
that was SS Stage from Buffer's Evolution, composed by Sasaki Junana, Hira, and Neon from the Wonder Swan. And the sound chip used here is simply called the Custom WSG. And what this little fella is capable of is four channels of wavetable synthesis, with channel two being able to play back 8-bit samples, channel three being able to do sweeps, and channel four being able to do noise generation. And you can think of it as like a weird crossbeat between the HUC6280 and the VSU, but losing two channels in the process. Must have been those recessive genes. Sorry, Junior. But in all seriousness, uh, the reasons why the WSG and the VSU sound so similar is because they were developed by the same guy, that being Gunpei Yokoi. And the short story is that um, after the failure of the Virtual Boy, Gunpei left Nintendo to uh, create his own company, Koto, with some of the other folks that worked with him at Nintendo. And uh, they started off by creating the Tamagotchi, and then teamed up with Bondi to start development on the Wonderswan. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know this chip? Pretty cool, because as you can tell, you know, for four channels, this is pretty damn busy. But then again, you know, a really skilled person can make one channel sound like three. And you know, this this uh, chip is something that I'd like to play with more. Now that I'm actually starting to work with Furnace more, I might just start doing that. It's just really hard to pull away from the convenience of that mobile setup on Diplomask on my phone. Just be able to whip it out wherever I'm at and just make music. I done been spoiled by the touch screens, I tell ya. But yeah, this track is real cool, and actually the entire OST is just as wacky. And that is all to the credit of Sasaki Junana, Hira, and Neon. I wish I could tell you about them, but I have no information on them at all. And actually, there's an episode of Pixelated Audio where they talked about this entire soundtrack, and they also weren't able to dig up any information on them. But I would suggest that you go listen to that episode if you'd like to know more about this game and hear, you know, more of the soundtrack. And I do believe that's Pixelated Audio episode 59. And with this one, we've run through all four chips that are on the compo poll. But I have um, at least one more here for you. This is action part from Arikato Satoru no Yumi Boken, composed by Hirohiko Takeyama. And this is released on the Famicom, made using the N163.
And that was action part from Arikato Satoru no Yumeboke, released by Hirohiko Takayama, released on the Famicom, and made using the N163. So you know how I mentioned when I was talking about the SEC that, you know, Konami made their own sound chips for the Famicom, the BRC6, and the BRC7? Well, Namco did the same thing, and it's pretty damn impressive. Eight channels of wavetable synthesis on the Famicom. And from what I can tell, it's uh, basically a reduced version of the Namco 15XX WSG. And we can include the Namco CUS30, which is basically the same thing as the 15XX, but with stereo capability. And these were used in arcade boards such as Super Pac-Man, Pac-Land, Thunder Scepter, uh, System 86, and Namco System 1. Now getting back to the N163, um, the funny thing is that it was never actually featured in any Namco-developed games on the Famicom. Or I should specify the sound capabilities, because they did feature it in a couple of uh, games they made, but they were only using it for a mapper chip. But the first company to actually use it for its sound capabilities was Arc System Works. Yes, the same Arc System Works that has been developing, you know, the Guilty Gear series, Dragon Ball Fighters, cool stuff, but they were only using four channels. In fact, that is the case for the majority of the games that use this sound chip, excepting this game and King of Kings, both developed by Atlas, composed by Hirohiko Takayama. Yes, only these two games used all eight channels. And in the case of this track, um, it's also using the noise channel from the base 2A03. But the first time I've ever heard this sound chip was in a song called High Tech Jazz, which was uh, covered by this guy Bob. I found it in the 2A03 archive. This had to be uh, like, like 2007, 2008. So, you know, that'd be back when people had to write this stuff in MML. This is maddening. But nowadays it can be done in a tracker such as a 0cc family tracker or furnace tracker. Though if there was a way that they hacked around the weird timing issue that this chip had when all channels were being used, I don't know, but um, good examples of people that are actually using this chip now are RR Thiel and Button Masher. And I do believe for RR Thiel there's actually a style named after him because of just the sound that he developed while doing his uh, Mega Man Perfect Blue OST as well as other tracks using the N163. Kind of crazy. But now circling back to this track, again, it was composed by Hirohiko Takayama, and he's using a driver that was developed by Tsukasa Mitsuko, which is what allowed him to use all eight channels. So now talking about Hirohiko Takayama, um, I did talk about him at length in episode 15, but just to cover what he's done here, you know, he started at Atlas, doing Digital Devil Monogatari Megami Tensai on the Famicom in 1987. There's 87 again! And uh, do it then Karate Kid, Zixes, which at the time, you know, unknown to me, was my first introduction to his music. But, you know, as a kid, I just saw a friend playing it, and then it took me 15 years to figure out and remember what that game was, all because I remembered there was some weird robotic shark, and I found screenshots of that game, and... Okay, I digress. Actually, one more thing. It's one of my favorite NES soundtracks. Alright, continuing on, we got Friday the 13th, Bonk's Adventure, Parallel World, Ghostbusters 2 on the Game Boy, Clax Hudson on the Game Boy, Tracks, Bonk's Revenge, Time Zone, Panic Restaurant, Bonk's Adventure, SD Gundam, Sengokushi Rainbow Tariko Senki in the arcade, and then his last official credit in 1994 is Uchu Soibutsu Flopokun, and he does have some unreleased titles under his belt. We got Adventure Romance, Flying Hero, Gaia, and Sunman, just to name a few. So after this in 1998, he started, he founded Ando, which is really close to Aondor for you Cosmere nerds out there, which is a site where people can listen to his samples of his music that he's currently making, you know, original stuff. And he's also uh, a teacher at a local college someplace in Japan. Don't know which one, though. But he has expressed interest in uh, going back into making video game music at some point in the future. Though how long ago that was he said that, I don't know. But I'd like to mention he'd still like to do it. And yeah, I'll call it good here. So thank you all for coming into VG Emporium, Video Game Music, and more. I hope you enjoyed this strange little dive into wavetable synthesis. Um, I know I probably could have gone in far more depth about all this stuff. But, you know, I'm doing this a little bit in a crunch time. 
you know, trying to race to that episode 100, get that episode done. And for those of you coming in from the Button Masher Discord, I hope you found this interesting. I know some of you may know more about this stuff way more than I do, but, um, you know, I, I had fun doing this. And yeah, you know, if you're interested in checking out more of the shop, you can find it on Spotify, Apple Music, um, Amazon, Audible, Google Podcast, as well as on TerraPlayer, which is a site that is becoming a hub for many video game podcasts, not only BGM. And if you're interested in following uh, BGM Emporium, you can find it on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, as well as the Discord. Um, th- all of those will be linked in the show notes. So now, oh boy, next week, got episode 100, hitting those triple digits, customer favorites. It's going to be a great time. A lot of music. I think I have about maybe like close to 15 tracks right now. Might be more coming in. I don't know. It's going to be a lot of good music. That's for sure. So definitely come back in for that extravaganza. So again, I'm your host, Rage Cage, and thank you for coming in to BG Emporium, video game music and more.